What up, though? Welcome to Tamara to the Break of Dawn, the show where you'll literally ride my train of thought as I discuss the different types of challenges and struggles that we all can relate to. I'm your host, Tamara Dawn, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. Now, you already know the struggle could be way too real sometimes. So my hope is that these shows will challenge and inspire you as I basically share the areas that I'm trying to grow in. So let's get it. All right, so the person who this particular grief journal is, um, this episode is dedicated to, their birthday is actually a couple of days after the show initially airs. Their birthday is March 22nd. Um, just in case you listen to this whenever you listen to it. So um, when I decided that I wanted to kind of incorporate this topic into the show whenever it comes up, I figured I would just start with this particular person because it's not like I haven't ever lost anyone in my life prior to that, but it's just this particular death was the (laughs) just really devastated my family the most. And so as a result of that, I figured I'd, you know, kick off this little, I guess we'll just say topic segment. I don't even know some of the technical terms that <laughs> go along with podcasting, but whatever this topic, um, and it'll come up again whenever, cause it's such a just huge part of my family's, um, life. But this particular person is my ex-husband. Um, I've said I have three kids and my daughter, so I have two daughters and a son, in case you're new. My kids are 16, 17, soon to be 18, (laughs) and 20, and I'll be 40 in June, which is, I don't know, ever since like December, I've just been freaking out about this, Um, but whatever, I'm gonna be 40 in June, it is what it is, so my ex-husband is my younger two, my daughters. It's, it's, uh, excuse me, it's their dad. And, um, we divorced in 07. I'm not going to go a ton into our marriage and mainly just because I always want to be respectful of him since he's, you know, has passed away. And then on top of that, you know, we hashed thank God we hashed a lot of stuff out a couple months before he died. So it's kind of like at the point when he actually died, I can genuinely say I had no ill feelings towards him. And to be honest, I had processed a lot of that way before we hashed it out, but we at least got to have that conversation. So we divorced in 07. We had a very unhealthy marriage. Um, To be honest, I don't even really know. I didn't know anything about what a marriage should have been. So I'll just leave it like that because we really shouldn't have got married. But as a result of our relationship, I have two beautiful daughters, so I can't complain. Um, So then 2015, June 29th, 2015 is when he died, which that's two days after my birthday. So a few months before that, his sister actually died. And as a result of her dying, we ended up being around each other a lot between the wake and just kind of, you know, talking about stuff. And that's the point when we hashed out a lot of just the stuff we never talked about after uh, we split. It's interesting because we actually even had a discussion about potentially getting back together, but just both kind of were like, no, that's just not the route we should go. We became, we had got to the point of being friends again at that point and it just you know just let's just leave it there because who's to say you're not gonna fall back into you know the same old toxic patterns when you reconnect with your ex and so let's just sidebar with that because a lot of times um you might miss someone or whatever or you know but let me just say this that just because you miss someone or just because you are reminiscent about that person or you have good memories it does not mean you should jump back into that because you left it for a reason and a lot of times familiar situations will call you to excuse me cause you to fall back into familiar patterns so let's just 
hop back on the track. So we talked about that. We, we you know, we decided not to. And then we just kind of continued co-parenting as usual. And then Father's Day came and, um, you know, took the girls over there and picked them up, you know, and whatever. And then um, that was the last time we saw him. And, you know, he always would still tell me he loved me. And I knew it wasn't in like a, oh, I want to be with you type way necessarily. It was more just like a mutual respect. I never said it to him anymore, but he always still told me that he did. And I I truly believe it was just because, I mean, co-parenting, sure, but the girls have always lived with me and, like, they would go visit him and go spend the night or whatever. But, you know, I've pretty much been the sole caretaker of them since our split. And so I just think, you know, one thing I really miss about him no longer being here is that one thing he always did was affirm me as a mom and like you need to hear that because you know (laughs) raising kids is hard and there are times when I feel like I don't know what the hell I'm doing and I just hope they turn out okay and become healthy functioning productive adults (laughs) and don't be in some like don't some therapist office talking about how I ruined their life or I don't know. So that's what I really miss about, you know, him not being here. But so I'm on father's day and then my birthday is June 27th. So in case I didn't say all this, I feel like I did June 29th, 2015. So it's been almost five years since he, um, was murdered. I say passed away because it's just easier to say that but the reality is that he was murdered um and so on my birthday you know took time off work um actually that's a lie my birthday was a Saturday and at the job I had at that time you got a floating holiday for your birthday so I actually took that Monday off the 29th which just It's just crazy because that just happened to be the day that he was murdered. So I remember, um, gosh, I remember everything about, and I'm going to just take y'all through that. Um, And so I remember me and my kids, all three of us were at a friend's house. She lived in an apartment and we were swimming. So I was just really enjoying, you know, I had graduated from college May of that year my bachelor's degree in psychology I've said that before but that was just a really huge accomplishment that I don't know to be honest how the hell I raised kids worked full-time went to college full-time and all the other things that I would add into that like I've pretty much always done youth ministry I don't really know how the hell I did all that but somehow by the grace I by the grace of God I did and I got my bachelor's degree so I had graduated in May. Um, I actually finished classes in March, but the official ceremony was in May of 2015. And so, man, celebrating my birthday that year really meant a lot to me because it was the first birthday in years that I wasn't in college. Like I started um, college, I mean, not June, December of 09. So this is actually the first decade or how do I say that? Yeah, the first decade where I wasn't in college, like when the new year started, I remember thinking like, wow, oh, nine, I was just starting college. So I didn't go straight or sometimes I only took two classes or whatever. Um, I did take a break in between. I don't even remember to switch from the community college to the university and all this stuff. Okay, that's irrelevant. But anywho, I graduated in May 2015. So this was the first birthday after that. And it was my 35th birthday. So you know, it's kind of a big deal. Um, So we were swimming, I was chilling, enjoying life, just really feeling like I was living my best life. Um, I remember my phone rang. And I saw that it was my sister in law his sister, a different sister, obviously, because I told you one passed away. And I didn't answer at first because I'm like, eh, you know, I, I was chilling. 
But then she called right back and I'm like, okay, this must be important because she called right back. So I answered and, um, you know, she was like, did you hear that your baby daddy got shot? And I was like, what? And the crazy thing about even getting a phone call like that is that he is literally the last person that I would have ever thought that that's how he would have died. Like health issues. Sure. Because he had health issues, but like to say that somebody shot him just because of how he was and who he was, it just didn't make sense to me. And so I, if I remember correctly, like the kids were in the pool but I repeated out loud, like, who got shot? So then that made my, every, you know, all my kids kind of start listening, like, what? Took them, they uh, stayed with my friend at her, apart her apartment. At that point, I did not know that he actually had died. I'm thinking he's going to survive this because he had survived all his health issues and any other time that I was told he was in the hospital or if he let me know he was in the hospital or whatever, I just... So I um, told the girls, I mean, my son was there too, but I told the girls, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go see what's going on with your dad and then I'll come back and get you because I didn't know necessarily what we were going to be walking into. So I figured I should go check it out first. Um, so five years ago at that point, the girls were 11 and 12. Um, so thank God they did not have social media at that point in their lives. And so, um, and that's relevant. I'll tell you why that's important in a second, but I get to the hospital and they wouldn't even let me in the hospital at first. Um, the police had, you know, the hospital driveway all blocked off and whatever. And, you know, his sister actually had to come out and tell them who I was to him to allow me into the hospital. And so as I get there, I'm, I'm getting like text messages from people with condolences. I'm getting phone calls from people. I'm getting Facebook messages from people. I'm scrolling Facebook and people are tagging me and his other baby mama in um, like RIP posts or whatever. And I'm kind of like, what the, what the hell is going on? You know? And, um, because at this point I'm in the hospital and they haven't said that to us. And so I remember though, when I walked into the hospital, it was kind of weird because I'm expecting them to take me back. <sighs> okay. I'm expecting them to take me back to a hospital room where he's going to be because like I said, I thought he was going to make it and I just knew he was going to make it. And they have us in this like other little room. So they take me in this room and I walk in there and his sister's in there. I'm like, why are we in this room? And then my phone keeps ringing and she's like, nope, who is that? Nope, don't answer because, you know, whatever, they on some bull. We don't even really know what's going on. So because I think neither one of us really thought he was gone and neither one of us being the only ones at the hospital under like neither one of us understood why people were saying that he had died, but, um, he actually had died before they carried him away from the scene. Um, it wasn't even the scene where he got shot, but the store, we'll get into that in a second. Cause it's just like, this has a, been a crazy journey. So we're, uh, in the hospital room waiting. So then the nurse, a doctor like three or four people finally come in the room and I'm like okay what's going on and she's talking and she's trying to like ultimately what this woman is trying to do is kindly be the bearer of bad news but for me because so many people had been calling me texting me facebook messaging me and all this stuff I'm just I like kind of snapped and went off on the woman and I'm like no no, tell me what it is because I got all these people calling me, da, 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 did he die or not? Or whatever I said, did he make it something? And she's like, no, he didn't make it. And then I just lost it. And, um, then after that other friends or whatever started coming and, 
Um, I think his one of his brothers might have came up there too. And then um, I left because I knew I had to go get my kids. I had to go tell them. And I remember leaving the hospital. Um, like when I found out he had got shot, I text a bunch of people and like asked them to pray or whatever. And did not text. I wasn't about to text all these people back. That was just would have been too um, overwhelming. So I just remember, though, calling a really good friend of mine, and I, he was the first person I called before I even called my mom, and I was just like, how the hell am I supposed to tell my daughters that their dad is dead? So we just kind of talked through that, told my mom, called another really good friend, and then I called the friend that um, have, was watching them, I or I texted her, and I was like, okay, go ahead and bring them to my house so they came she she was still there like with me as I told them she didn't know what happened because I didn't tell her when I texted her because I didn't want her to anything to give it away um and that's how it went that particular day and then um I actually because his mom and older brother and sister don't live in the same state and city as I do. I actually was the one who did all of the funeral arrangements, just kind of the footwork. Like I would talk to his mom to make decisions because, you know, regardless of who I was, it wasn't about that. You're his mom. I just want to do what you want because ultimately this is your child. And we weren't even together anymore um have been not together for years so um had to do all the funeral arrangements um the girls picked out his outfit they picked it out based on you know how they knew him to dress and then his family of course approved it they're the ones who gave me the money to buy the outfit and um that's kind of how that went and then fast forward a little bit to I get this call from the detective because how he was killed, which first of all, it was something that was very public, um, very public. It was all over the news. And then, um, you know, I've always done youth ministry and I worked at a basically teen a place for teenagers at the time I was leading a employment academy so I taught workforce development skills and um he was actually killed by teenagers and I'm not going to get into any more of the specifics of like surrounding the death but I will say that he in particular was just getting a ride somewhere that's that was all his part of what was going on was he was just getting a ride because he had a girlfriend and she, um, she was in the hospital so he was just actually getting a ride to the hospital um, so there were trials and all these things surrounding that so it was just something that is on it comes up a lot and it'll be all over social media and, and where I live because people will share it and whatever but as a result of that, there was a trial. There were things, there were detectives that I had to talk to and prosecuting attorneys asking, did I want to make a statement or write a statement and just all this stuff. And I remember this one private investigator reached out to me and I don't even remember what the point of why he was reaching out to me. But as a result of that, I ended up seeing the video footage of, <coughs> excuse me, his last five minutes of life because he was killed in a, like he was shot in a park and they drove, the person he was with who was driving drove to the store. Um, I don't know why, but then I'm, I'm guessing maybe it was because somebody else had to drive. I don't even know what all I saw was on the footage or whatever, his friend go in the store. I see him. Um, okay. I see him 
um, up walking around and I just, I kept watching and the, the, per, the uh, what you call it, private investigator told me, he was like, you're going to see, you know, and I just, I watched it anyway because I had always wondered like what his last moments were actually like. I had kind of been told a little bit by, um, you know, friends or whatever from what they heard, but I, I wanted to like, you couldn't hear anything, but you could see. So I saw him walking around and then you see him kind of like, I was told he was praying. Um, and so you see, him, but it was like, uh, like tell my kids I love them and this, that, and the other, because at this point in his life, faith had become a huge part of like who he was. So you see him. So in the video it, that matches up, it looks like he's praying. You see, cause you see him like drop to his knees and then you see him lay down. He's still moving, whatever. And then, you know, he stopped moving. So at that point he was gone. So he was already gone before he got to the hospital, but, um, I didn't know that. And so I'm going to sidebar for a second with this because let's, let's back up to what I was telling you was going on with me. I was getting text messages. I was getting phone calls. People were tagging me and his, one of his other, cause he has another baby mama, um, tagging us in RIP posts. And I'm seeing all these people posting and it's kind of like, uh, my kids did not even know that their dad was dead at this point. Like, forget homies. I'm not going to say forget siblings because that's his sibling. Forget people who are trying to see if I'm okay or see whatever. His kids did not even know that he was gone. And if that would have been now, because I wasn't checking my Facebook at that point because I was trying to see what the hell was going on. So had that have been now when my kids are older and they're on social media, I would have been man. And I read an article about that one time, like sometime around Christmas, where it was saying how, man, like, I know you want to offer condolences and stuff like that. But it's like, like his mama didn't even know. I'm the one who called his mom. His mom didn't even know that he was gone, but people are posting stuff on Facebook. His brother from out of town didn't even know because I called him because his mom told me to call him. So it's kind of like, man, <laughs> I don't know. I just, in this day of social media and where information is so ac accessible, if you hear this, I just hope that like be a little bit more sensitive about stuff like that because like family did not even know his kids did not even know now thank god my kids didn't have social media but it's kind of like be a little bit more sensitive about that it was the whole point of the article was talking about the hierarchy of grief which actually I'm gonna because I can I saved it so hold on, let me go to it because I realize I should start telling people like where I'm getting stuff from and not just be like, oh, yeah, because you might want to read it. Um, so it's an article on good, G-O-O-D, um, and the title is, please read this before you post another RIP on social media. Um, there's a Taya Dunn Johnson who wrote it. So if you search all that, um, you should be able to find it or whatever if you want to read it. Because it was really good information. But yeah, just, you know, the hierarchy. Like, where is your place in this person's life to where you should or should not even be feeling like you need to be the first one to jump and say something? So that's just a sidebar. Um, So I watched this video and then, you know, there was a trial, there were actually multiple trials because more than one person was involved. And, um, it's just a crazy thing. And then as a result of a traumatic death, um, nothing that, I mean, death sucks period, but that obviously is not anything that we even got to kind of maybe, you know, I don't even know 
because death, I'm not going to say like any death is easy. Death is terrible. But there's grief as a, as a result of the death. So I'm going to define the word grief. I always use dict, excuse me, the dictionary.com app when I um, define words because it's the easiest way <laughs> for me to, I mean, I could use it. I have dictionaries, but yeah. So grief is keen mental suffering or distress over affliction or loss, sharp sorrow, painful regret. And so grief is not just over death. It's just the loss of anything, a relationship. You know, I did have a grieving period after my divorce um, and even toxic relationships that I no longer entertain. There is a grieving over that contrary to what you should feel like oh i'm so glad they're gone but there were some good points to why that person was around but grief for my family oh my gosh it has been wild um i'll go i'll talk about me first you know there were very many unhealthy ways that i coped and the only reason i'm not going and it was whatever i needed to do to numb the pain and the only reason I'm not going to go into why is not because I care what any of you think but what's unhealthy for me you may not feel as unhealthy for you and so I don't want to try to make it seem like I'm trying to say you shouldn't do whatever you're doing and and whatever I'm so I'm that's the only reason I'm not going to go in to like specifically what I was doing because I don't want you to be distracted on that. Whatever's unhealthy for you, you know what that is. And if you're engaging in unhealthy ways to handle your emotions, then you should stop, whatever that looks like. So for me, I was engaging in very unhealthy ways of how I was coping with my pain like for a while. Um, and then my youngest daughter and don't worry if you if you know or if you don't I did ask her if I could talk about this um because I knew I was going to talk about grief um and I never like we we've gone through a lot but I, I never want to just share their life without their permission so I did ask her permission to kind of share some of this or whatever and so I'm grieving my own grief because like I said, we had got back to a point of being friends. I had known this man and his family since I was a teenager. So even before we ever got together, our, like my oldest, and then, I mean, really my stepdaughter, but the da the oldest daughter, uh, I he and I were friends when her mom had her. I took him to the hospital to see her and it wasn't like we were on some trying to be slick. We were just genuinely friends because I've known his family wherever for a long time. Um, I um, Then I had my son. So it's like we have known each other for a long time and we were friends before we ever um, crossed any lines. So I had my own grief. And that, that's been an interesting journey. But then on top of that, there's me, it's my daughters. And, you know, me and my dad don't have a relationship, but it's different when you lose your parent and you can't at all have the option of having a relationship. Because even if, like, let's say, if ever, like, let's say their dad would have been a deadbeat or something like that. There's a chance that could turn around. But when he's killed, no longer here, there's no option. So there's that. And my youngest daughter is very much like me. Very, um, she feels things very deeply. She's a very passionate and outwardly expressive child. And so... Just like I was, un, you know, coping in unhealthy ways, she was coping in her own unhealthy ways. And um, as a result of, I mean, she was started engaging in self-harm with cutting and um, 
just really reckless behavior, not caring about her grades. And so as a result of that, once you got into the the self-harm and the suicidal ideation, I had a choice to make as a parent because ultimately, besides leading and guiding and all these things, it's my responsibility as a parent to keep her safe. And when she just got to the point, and one of her friends even actually reached out to me because they were worried about her. And so I remember there was a point when I had to, as a parent, make the decision to take my daughter and allow her to stay in a psychiatric ward in a hospital because I knew that they could keep her safe there and I could not. Because I, I just remember the day I made that decision and we had been having conversations and we had been, you know, she had gone to like grief counseling and all this stuff. And um, I just remember thinking like, I didn't even, that night, because she's the type of child that I can look at her and I can kind of tell when she's like down or whatever, because it's just always written all over her face but all over her like countenance or her vibes or however you understand that so I remember looking at her and us having this conversation and then me just thinking like I don't even feel safe going to sleep like I don't even feel like I can go to sleep and know that she's gonna be okay and her school I think it's social worker or something like that had happened to reach out to me like the day before she was in the eighth grade at this point um and had given me uh just a list of all these resources for her and so and then she she just happened to put in there and then if you ever something you can always take her to the emergency room and so like thank god i had all this information i made that decision as a parent and um that was two three what she's a sophomore now so that was two years ago um thankfully though none of us are you know grief sucks it's like this roller coaster of emotions at times but she's in a much better place than she was before um you know regularly sees a therapist and um we've also had to like at times be intentional like take social media away just because social media I mean sometimes I don't need to be on social media which is hard now (laughs) with the podcast because you want to be out there promoting but it's like you have to have you have to like sometimes mentally detach yourself from that or emotionally because I'm just glad they didn't have it when I was a teenager I could not have imagined that um and so we have to I have to be very intentional with her you know focusing on even practical things like working out just because that helps your overall mute excuse me mood and um endorphins you know the make you feel good stuff in your brain or whatever and so stuff like that eating healthy because like all these things can affect your body and your mood and make you struggle more especially I remember when I went to a grief counselor and he told me that when you are grieving you are already like in a deficit and so then regular stress on top of that is harder to navigate and harder to handle than if you didn't have that grief and so as a result of that you know just I've had to be really intentional with her but the thing about it is grief comes in waves. Like when I first ever heard about the stages of grief, which let me look that up real quick. Cause I don't want to assume, you know what I'm talking about, which too bad. I didn't already have this. So just bear with me <laughs> while I, um, look this up. <sighs> um, Okay. No, that's not it. The five stages of grief are deny, and this isn't like in, hold on, I'll just tell you what they are. 
denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And this I found, I just Googled it, but grief.com is where you can go to see that for yourself. So when I first learned about that, whenever I learned about it, might have been in high school, hell, I don't know. There was a point when I actually learned what that was. I always thought it meant in a order of how things would happen, one, two, three, four, five, and then you were done grieving. That's what I used to think. Bruh, that is, which hold on. Man, my throat always gets so dry when I just keep talking. It's kind of funny, but um, that is not even remotely how that happens. Because, first of all, it does not happen in any particular order. Um, I had, I feel like, acceptance first. And it could just be that I was distracted because I was planning the funeral. And so... It just didn't seem real until the day we buried him and I and then we like went out to eat and like we're with his family and all this stuff excuse me stuff afterwards and then I just remember I finally went home at that night and sat on my bed and actually had time to think about what had happened and that was the first time I cried after the day like I cried the day that it initially happened when, um, you know, the nurse or I, hell, it might've been a doctor, whoever that woman was when she came in there and told us, I initially cried that day. I had sleepless nights up to that. And I would like dream about him and all this stuff. It was crazy, but I didn't cry again until we buried him. And then the other stages, they just come whenever. And I just, for me personally, I never know what's going to trigger it. Now, I know as this is been a kind of milestone year for my daughters because my youngest daughter turned 16 on her birthday. Her birthday uh, is Halloween. So on Halloween, she turned 16. My oldest daughter is a senior this year. So like everything is a milestone. I remember after she took her senior pictures, kind of falling apart on the way home from work, just thinking about like, wow, this dude really is not going to be at her graduation. And so like every, every little thing this year has been very bittersweet because he will not be there to, for, you know, she won't have her dad at her graduation. Like that's some bull, you know what I mean? And so it just comes whenever, um, and then my, like I said, he got killed two days after my birthday. And it's crazy because he actually got killed on a friend of mine's birthday, which she has actually since then passed away. She's somebody I have known since, um, junior high. And, um, so it's just crazy because around my birthday is such an interesting time even before she passed away he was killed on her birthday it's also actually my little sister's birthday um but like so every year since then not every year but once I got to a point that man I don't get to because then like I mean he died a couple months later some other people I know that I was really close to, a couple, they die. So it's just like, you don't get to choose what's going to happen. There's been a whole bunch of other stuff that has happened that my family has had to endure. But the whole point is, because I don't get to choose what when bad things are going to happen, I try to celebrate as much as possible. And the thing about him getting killed around my birthday is that my birthday is literally... If you are not new to this show, you know that I have mentioned my birthday several times this season. So <laughs> my birthday is like the only day that's kind of like about me. Everything else is, especially as a mom, you know, Mother's Day is really about my kids. Because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't even have, I, you know, I wouldn't be mothers or it wouldn't, whatever, you know what I'm saying. 
And so everything else in my life revolves around other people. And my birthday is like the only day that is mine. And I make a big deal out of my birthday. Like, and so it's always bittersweet because, and I try to like take my kids somewhere or do something to kind of like have a celebrating around that time because we don't get to choose necessarily how we'll feel, whether we'll be down or whatever, but I just try to uh, the best of my ability. Let's make nice memories around this time. So, and then it works out for me because then I get to have like a dope, especially like with my 40th coming up, you know, I get to have, excuse me, a nice little trip or whatever I choose, you know, whatever I choose to do every year. So that, you know, you don't get to choose that. And so in this journey of grief, though, because I've lost, like I said, other people along the way. And I feel like then when my uncle passed last year, which he passed July 5th, which so it's like, again, around my birthday, a few days after their dad's death anniversary, um, I feel like that was the next death that really like hurt the most, um, mainly because it was a, yeah, we'll have another episode about that, but long story short, you know, he is my bio dad's brother and has been more involved in my life since I reconnected with my family than my bio dad even tries to, or has ever tried to. So, um, like I remember when he lost his wife, which he lost her in June, it's somewhere around my birthday, like, bruh, <laughs> it's just crazy. Um, that's why I try to celebrate and just make a big deal out of my birthday for me. Cause there's a lot of pain that surrounds it, but like he would check on us and because their dad died, if not the year before he lost his wife two years before he lost his wife. And so, you know, he would always check on us and, um, you know, or just be involved in my life. You know, that's what normally people do. So that was the next one that was just like, dang, um, I don't know. And then it was a different kind of grief. Um, but since, their dad's death. Um, and I feel like it was the beginning of 2019 that I really, really tried to be more intentional about not trying to numb my pain and like kind of embracing it and just using it to make the world a better place. And so I, you know, encouraging posts on social media or whatever, and ultimately long story short, here we are here with this podcast where I'm just really a huge, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A huge promoter of being emotionally healthy, healthy, excuse me. So that's with the healthy relationships, mentally healthy. If you need to see a therapist, don't be ashamed by that. I think especially, and I'm going to, some of y'all might not get this because, you know, I know all my listeners are not black, but I feel like in the black community, mental health, it's coming a long way. I'm actually really impressed with how much I see people speaking out about the importance of mental health and not saying stuff like, you know, oh, seeing a therapist, oh, that's white people stuff. No, do you know how ignorant that sounds? Because ultimately you're saying that we should walk around unhealthy, struggling, whatever, and that certain things like that are not for us. And that's just very toxic thinking. And so if you are struggling and you need to see a therapist or you may truly have a chemical imbalance in your brain and everybody has different opinions about medication and stuff like that. And I'm not here to, you know, try to preach, oh, this is right or that's right. Really what I'm trying to say is 
figure out what's right for you and, you know, walk that out. Some people, you know, because as I've said, faith is a huge part of just who I am. Um, Some people, they can go and have someone pray over them and their their stuff, whatever was going on with them, it was a spiritual thing and that's great. And then there are some people that that's not the answer for them and neither of those are wrong. It's just, you can't try to say that, oh, this it's this like cookie cutter, one size fits all thing for everyone. Because if you break your arm, you need to go to the doctor. And then sometimes when you, I won't say break your arm, but there are some physical things that, you know, it could be this thing where people pray for you and you're healed. And I don't went on this whole other tangent, but the whole point is being healthy, whatever that looks like, is important. Even physically healthy is important. And... I have had to find and encourage my children to find healthy ways to grief, grief, grieve and deal with the stuff that life throws us because ultimately we don't get to choose what happens to us. We only get to choose how we respond to it. And it's very important that the way that we respond to things I mean, it's not maybe necessarily going to happen initially, but don't dwell in being toxic and unhealthy. Don't, because it's not helpful to you. Like ultimately numbing my pain, if you numb it, you got to numb it forever. So let that marinate. If you numb it and you're not trying to deal with it, you got to numb it forever. And for me personally, that's just not what I want to do. And so, um... It's work to be a healthy person, but it's worth it. And so that's my encouragement to you. Whatever whatever you're struggling with, whatever that is, find a support group. Find somebody for accountability. You don't have to do it alone. Um, I want to say if you need someone to talk to, you could reach out to me. But really, though, I'm not a professional. I'm just someone who is a huge advocate of being healthy in different ways. I'm just someone who is very passionate about having healthy relationships and healthy people in society. Because as I've said before, hurt people hurt people. And we have to take accountability for our part in that process. We can't control what everybody else does, but we can control what we do. And if that means you got to cut off the toxic people because they keep on doing the same old bull, then do that and thug that stuff out by yourself. And I don't say that because it's easy. I've done that. I've had seasons where all I did was go to work and go home and really just mainly am around my kids because I'm trying to figure out what's healthy for me and who I am and who I need around me and it's no shade to because I've known a lot of people for a long time and there are relationships that we don't talk like we used to and it's not because I'm mad or whatever it's because either on your end you're going through stuff and the people that you have around you that's what's best for you or on my end I just realize that where I'm going and what I'm trying to do, these are the people that I need around me. And it, and I'll still talk to you, but it just means we not going to rock with each other every day like we used to. And that's okay. You know what I mean? I just think, you know, I'm going to kind of get ready to end it. <laughs> but um, be healthy. Do what you got to do to be healthy. That is the important thing. And then the next thing I'm going to say, um, the next piece is going to talk about leaving audio messages, but also write a review or a comment. If you're listening to this on YouTube, you can leave me a comment. I do respond to comments, write me a review. And the reason why I love stuff like that, I didn't really think about that in the beginning until I saw like other podcasters doing that. 
because ultimately, excuse me, ultimately it lets me know how what I'm saying is received or what are your thoughts about it. And then, like I said, the next little piece is going to talk to y'all about leaving audio messages because I really want this to be interactive. I saw another podcaster or other podcasters, I should say, they'll do like Facebook live and Instagram live or whatever. And I'm, I haven't gotten off into that yet, but that actually, I may do that just because I want to interact with y'all. Like you guys keep this going because I know someone's listening. I appreciate y'all. And as I always say, this is us growing together. I don't claim, excuse me, I don't claim to have all the answers. There are some stuff that I'm, I have very strong opinions about, but I could be wrong. And that's okay because ultimately, as I always say, it's about what's finding, whoa, it's about finding what's right for you. But with the ultimate underlying goal being healthy and being in healthy relationships, so yeah, thank y'all so much for listening. Um, I know this one was a little bit longer, but you know what? It's crazy. There are there are some podcasts that I will. I used to think my stuff. Oh, I don't want to be too long, man. There are some people that they're like an hour and I'll, two hours, and I'll sit there and I'll listen to it if it's engaging or whatever. So if you hear at this point in the episode, I guess I've done my job of keeping you engaged in what's going on in my life. I hope you have a beautiful day, night, whatever time it is you're listening. And you know, as I always say, until next time. So first things first, shout out to Sniper T for this beat and all his information can be found in the episode notes. Now, like I say on social media, I want y'all to interact with me So here's a few ways you can do that and the links and whatnot to all these methods are in the episode notes as well. Now you can leave me a voicemail. Call 720-457-4022. You can email me. Hey, y'all can follow me on Twitter, follow me on Instagram and I'll follow you back. And then you can go ahead and slide in the DMs, just not on no weird stuff. You can also like the Facebook page and the link on there goes to my email as well. Now, what I need y'all to do is pay attention on my socials for when I ask for feedback for the Thoughts to Ponder episodes that air every other Monday, because the reality is that y'all feedback is what makes those episodes dope. So, leave me a voicemail, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or email me, just holla at your girl.